Sherry made me take my clothes off for the internet. <laughs> I always blame you. I also always, do you ever notice how I always do that stupid forest wave, forest gump wave? <laughs> That's how I feel every time I see it on the Zoom. I always want to say hi and goodbye to everybody. And then I wave and I'm like, hi. And I look like forest gump. I need to, I need to figure out a cooler wave. <laughs> Well, the thing that everybody doesn't know is that we are often naked together in the mornings. That's true. Via selfie. Andy and I take our ugly selfies in the morning and send them to each other uh, very often. So um, this is nothing new to us. Except, except for you have makeup on. and I have makeup on. done and I have my glasses on. So. There. So. Oh, wow. Well. Sherry, have I got the genitals for you? If you've got an itch, Andy Vargo will scratch it. Well, you look beautiful today, gorgeous. Well, thank you. I have a new hairdo. It's called, I didn't have time to do anything to it, so I put it all up on top. Nice. I have a new hairdo called Recovering Bedhead. Yeah, we I, we both napped. But I got, I, I got a haircut the other day, and so it's short enough that that's easier. Yeah, it does look a lot better when it's freshly cut, for sure. Oh, my God, it was getting so ridiculous. The sides, like, they get wings, and then it's, you know... I went to get my haircut and my air conditioning doesn't work that great in my car. And you know, it's been like 90 degrees out here and this was on Tuesday. So it was really hot. And I purposely didn't put product in my hair because the, uh, cause he was going to be cutting it. And so I, I go with no product in my hair and then I drive to the, uh, I don't know. Can you hear the helicopter outside? Um. Okay, good. The mic is thankfully not picking it up anyway. So I drive to the hairdress, to the, to the barber and uh, get on the freeways, you know, cause he's in Fife, so it's windy. And by the time I get there, my hair just got bigger and bigger. I think every mile of the road, it's like, please fix this situation. So you got a fugitive fly, uh, running around somewhere, do you? Well, I'm, I'm two blocks from the hospital. hospital. And oh. yeah, and I, I haven't heard a helicopter for a bit, but every once in a while I'll see. It's usually not it. a good sign, so. No. All right. Not a good sign. When Andrew, when my son Andrew was in Harborview, uh, he was there for a long time. And, you know, a lot of people get helicoptered there. So yeah. that was uh, something we heard on the daily. Oh, I bet. I can the... sit in my bed and see the helicopter landing and taking off from oh, really? the hospital. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I took a nap and I set an alarm and then... I, I remember punching like snooze once and then I woke up I'm like I I, 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 was, I had allowed myself an hour and a half so I could do my hair and look mm -hmm. pretty but I had 40 minutes and I said I had a message on my phone and I listened to it and it was Dante Barnett saying I want to talk to you about the show we're doing in 20 minutes well apparently it was an old message <laughs> it played first and so I'm uh -oh. like how do I have a show with him 
on a Thursday at noon when I, you know, so. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe I was just sleepy and it was Andy, but I knew it was Dante. Anyway, it was an old message. This is a non-story. <laughs> it's a non-story. It's non uneventful. But it, I can see how that would make you kind of go, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, well, just to wake up and be discombobulated like that. Mm-hmm. What do you have going on coming up? Oh, my gosh. Well, I closed out Nate's on Tuesday, and that was fun. Yes, you did. That was really fun. You did a good and job. Unfortunately, half the audience uh, left right before you got up. Not yeah, because they knew you were coming, but, you I know. Think so. Yeah, because, you know, it's a long... The open mics can be long, and unfortunately, comedians sometimes don't stick around to support the other comedians. That's sad to see. And then their friends leave with them. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, and if they're from Seattle, Tacoma's a long way and vice versa. True, yeah, I can take yeah. some of that. No, but you did a great job. It was good seeing you up there. It was nice that Nate was there the whole time watching yeah. everybody. He was and dressed that all is always like, too. yeah, that makes you feel good because you know that he saw what you did. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to work with a smaller room, but it's a good challenge to practice. And so, uh, so I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I really loved your set, you know, getting called up there on a hustle spot without really planning a set is, is a whole different dynamic. And I love your sexual mind reading. That's just awesome. It's different. Well, I decide, I, I've decided that, that I have to work on that every time I go to an open mic. Because I'm not really comfortable with crowd work. It makes me really nervous. Mm -hmm. And this is a bit I've been working on for a while. And I dropped it well, mostly because of the pandemic. But I thought I'm going to pick it back up. But I was not expecting Nate Jackson to raise his hand for me to <laughs> sexually mind read him. So Right. Yeah. Well, and I tell you, you know, it's funny. I had messaged you a couple jokes I was working on. And then I totally forgot to do them. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed oh, that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah, do the new either true. of the new jokes I was going to work on. And so um, the time just, I had 12 minutes and the time just kind of flew by. And so then when I got the light and I had asked for a two minute light, so because I knew that the joke I wanted to do at the end was going to be a little longer. So um, the light came on and I was like, oh, okay, I guess here we are, which was fine. I remember when it used to seem like for like five minutes used to seem like forever oh God, or right. seven minutes. And then now it's like do a half hour without blinking. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I just did that. I, I'm going to do the TCC open mic at the end of the month, I think on the 25th. And then we have our show on the 30th. Um, outside of that, I'm, I've, I've got a promotion going out on the coaching side with a group that I partnered with and that's going out next week. So I think that's going to keep me oh, busy yeah. with some life coaching appointments. Cool, cool. Yeah. I will be in Idaho this weekend. Yay, that's exciting. Because Idaho, and uh, that's done. But it's a, a Women Are Funny uh, show. So two nights, it'll be cool. Uh, the I think it's called The Lounge at the End of the Universe or something like Ooh. that. So that's kind of a cool name. So I'll be curious to see what that is like. And that's Boise, um, then, right? Yeah, that's Boise. And then... Um, I've never been to Idaho, but I'm going to talk about this later when we're talking about our other thing. Okay. It plays into that. But um, then on the 10th, I'm doing a Zoom show at 5 p.m. our time called Ginger Snaps. So it's all comedians who are gingers. So I thought that was going to, that's going to be fun. That will be fun. 
And just to say next weekend, I'm just going, I'm not performing. I'm going to Nate's because it's Nate's birthday next weekend or the, oh. the, the third, I think the 14th actually is the day I'm going, but Tony Roberts is going to be there. And he, I worked with him one of the times that I uh, featured at Nate's and he's really like pretty much the funniest person I've ever seen in person where you're like, you're doubled over laughing. So I'm excited to go and uh, see him again. So yeah, that sounds like yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, that is just like a recommendation for people. And the 15th, I'm doing uh, Boozy Brunch at Tacoma Comedy Club. And then mm -hmm. I'm going to Austin. I'm doing my whole schedule right here. Then I'm going to Austin. <laughs> I have two dates. I'm trying to get some more. So if you know anyone in Austin, hook me up. And then on the 30th, yes, at Odd Otter, it's you, me, and Gabriel Rutledge. So, And that is going to be a full house. I cannot wait for that. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be fun. It's going to be standing room only, or I'm going to go home and cry myself to sleep. So one or the other. Yeah, no, it'll it'll be good. It's, yeah. That's exciting. I, everybody loves him, you know? Yeah. And when, how often do you get to just see him for free? So. Right, I know. I've, I've had... Uh, so many people ask about that show and I'm just excited for it. So it's going to be a blast. So the, yeah, there's so much good stuff coming up. It feels good to be getting back out there on the circuit. Uh, I, I have done some shows. I started doing shows again in March, but it was, you know, one and then wait a little bit and then one more. And this is the first month where I really have a show every week or this week I had two shows this week because I had a private event plus Nate's and uh, it feels good. I it's, it's making me re-challenge writing some new material. And so I'm, I've got to spend some time on that. And then I have to also balance where comedy fits in with the rest of my stuff that I'm doing so that I keep it proportional. Mm -hmm. it's I, fun. I wanted to talk, I know we've talked about this already like in person, but I want to talk about uh, the private show that I did on yes. here. So I got a private gig and usually what I do when I get a private gig is I don't, I think nobody wants to see an hour and a half of just me. I like to bring someone with me to kind of balance me out. I brought you before I brought Steve before I brought Sam Ellison before. And uh, this time I brought Jesse Warren who book Jesse Warren. Let me just say anybody that he's not only is he easy on the eyes, which he very much is, <laughs> but he's just uh, quick-witted. He he's didn't boring. even do any prepared material. He just roasted this whole party and made fun of them for how rich they are, and they all ate it up. It was wonderful. That's awesome. Well, and he, then, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say he he was on the show at Odd Otter with, uh, uh -huh. with Mary Lou Gamba and Dante, and he uh, he did an amazing job working. You just most of his set was just working with the crowd and making fun of what was going on. Well, there was a little boy there, like five years old or something like that. And he brought him back and played Jenga with him during his set. I mean, which was really brilliant because it engaged the kid. Yeah. And, you know, it kept the family happy. And uh, no, it was, it's, I really highly recommend him. Like, you know, pretty soon I won't be able to pay him what I pay him and bring him with me. He'll be bringing me along, you know? So, so that was actually really fun and um, kind of uh, a new experience for me because a lot of times I don't, I'm worried about those private gigs because they are in 
non-wheelchair accessible settings, just like this one, but we, we worked it out. And um, sometimes that's really tough, you know, and I don't really talk about that publicly that much, but um, it's like, I don't wanna present that upfront, like I'm a handicapped performer, um, Right. do accommodations for me. I prefer to show up and then figure out how we're going to do it. That might not be the right way to do it, but I don't, I don't want to initially present myself that way. Plus I want people to have to really think about that. Like, Oh, how does a handicapped person get in here? Mm -hmm. What do we do if a person in a wheelchair wants to come in? Because people need to think about that, you know? So, yeah. well, I will tell you that there are things that, I've, I've always tried to consider myself to be very considerate and aware of what people need. But as I've gotten to know you more and hang out with you more, there are so many situations where I've thought oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been aware of this. Or I wouldn't have thought of, of this as much. And so it's really eye opening to, to actually, you know, think, okay, how is this going to work for everyone who needs it? Well, and you are great because when we go out like for coffee or lunch or whatever, like, you know, like, I don't have to tell you, make sure it's somewhere where I can get in or that there's enough room like you already think of all that stuff. And so you're really a good advocate because a lot of people just they haven't had to think about it. So they don't think about it. Yeah. So I mean, I, I remember even before I knew you, the I would get annoyed with how the curb cutouts would be on one side of the street, not the other. And it just just things like that that just make no sense it's like so you can get in the road and then you're stuck in the road I mean, there have been like, there have been times i remember one in vegas where i was going over to the mall but it wasn't on the strip it was behind the strip so i i go down this sidewalk and then i get to the very end and guess what there was no curb cut so i had to go all the way back yeah. and go around it's like why why would you do that you know yeah, makes no or sense. people park in front of their curb you know, there's only a couple curb cuts on my street and people park right there and they don't stop to think that if I need to cross the road, I can't get off the sidewalk. So, so right now, everybody go out in front of your house, if you live in a house, and look at your, find out if there's any curb cuts in front of your house. And if there are, move your freaking car. Just be considerate. Sometimes it could be life or death. I could be trying to escape from something like some of these people that have been shooting down the street well and also don't you know? park in your driveway to where you're blocking the sidewalk because someone can't go around that either yeah yeah i know sometimes we'll go to go on a scooter ride and then we'll realize oh crap it's monday people have their garbage cans out and that's like an oh. obstacle course that can't really be avoided but yeah so that's just I, I just want people to be aware of those things and i don't mean to be a downer about it i get some good laughs out of it like those, sometimes i'll have like a handicapped bathroom where the door opens in mm. then i can ride my scooter in but then guess what yeah i can't shut go. the door because the the door has opened in oh if the bathroom's too small to shut yeah i mean it's like a good size but you have to be able to totally the yeah. wingspan of a door you know so right no that makes sense <laughs> um but it but it's good to bring attention to it. And that's the great thing about comedy is you can bring attention to things in a fun way. And that's one of the things that comedians who are doing a great job 
you know, the best comedians are, are usually advocating for something and, you know, with their right. voice where it's, this is my experience. This is what I've, I've dealt with, whether it's abuse or identity or anything. And you can make fun of it in a way that brings people's attention to it. Plus, it's really great when there's a club like Nate's where I can just drive up on stage. And even, I don't know if I told you this, uh, Adam Lucky says that uh, the venue where, I guess it's called the Creek in the Cave in Austin, where I'm going to be performing, mm -hmm. that they're putting a ramp in. Nice. And he talked to them about it, and they're, they're putting a ramp in for me. Wow. And I that's know. someplace you've never been. I know. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty cool. I was happy about that. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh -huh. See, uh -huh. making differences. And that literally paves the way, like literally paves the way for anybody else who might be nervous about being able to get on stage at that club. Right. Or yeah, because some people, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's in a wheelchair that's funny, but mm -hmm. that thinks there's no room for them in comedy and there is. Well, so. and what else is kind of cool about Nate's is that the ramp is the main way people go up. So it's not like, oh, if you need it, you can go this other way to get to the stage. It's right. It's just how right. people get on stage. Right. Yeah, it's a beautiful club, I gotta say. It is. So okay. today we are talking about a couple things. Hey, wait, we didn't introduce ourselves. Oh. We're on episode 14, which is an even number, so it's your turn. Okay. Welcome to this belated message to Scrutiny with Sherry and Andy. I'm Andy Vargo, and this is... I'm Sherry Hardman. And we are going to talk about all things life, relationship, love, annoyances, with our own twist of scrutiny. There we go. Good job. Thank you. So today, go ahead. You were going to talk about what we're talking about today. Well, I know that we are talking about phobias. I know we didn't have two topics. Do you have another topic? I was afraid to come up with another one. Okay, well, we'll talk about this for a while. Get the and joke then, there. Who knows? Now, um, right. I, I think it's a, it's a deep subject. It is, and I don't want it to be too heavy, but um, I struggle with this a lot. And in fact, my, my weekend coming up is kind of being ruled by a phobia I have. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you said you were going to talk about something a little bit later when we get into our stuff. Well, yeah. And um, I did look up, you know, the top phobias that people have, and I was surprised that a couple were not on there. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think they could be encompassed in in what's, what's on there. Yeah, I saw that too. It was like uh, snakes and spiders. Yeah. So would you like me to list them? Sure. Actually, I could share my screen. That might be good. So uh, let me share screen. Oh, the host has disabled screen sharing. Let's see here. All right, you should be able to now. Okay, share. All right, here we go. So the top things we fear, arachnophobia, the fear of spiders, which if you've ever seen that movie, that makes sense. And I'm not a fan of spiders, but I don't know if they're my top fear. Snakes are big for me, uh, and I don't even know. Ophidiophobia, um, acrophobia, the fear of heights, that fits for me. Hey, let me stop for a minute, because I just yeah. had a dream about a whole bunch of snakes coming at me. Ooh, do you feel like that was um, 
like it might uh, be just because I read this list. I don't know. Maybe but snakes are supposed to be a phallic symbol. Oh, so it could go either way. There's a lot of them coming at me right now, baby. Anyway, go ahead. So. Well, no, and and um, I've never liked snakes just because I am. I also have the fear. It's further down on here of um uh where is it oh trypanophobia the fear of injections and snakes and spiders oh, really? when they bite you inject into you so that's number seven uh -huh. but anyway so fear of heights agoraphobia hey, uh -huh. so, do, so do penises but you're not afraid of them they're not quite as pointy <laughs> okay. and shouldn't and shouldn't cause blood um <laughs> uh agoraphobia which um i always thought was more like the i was thinking that was the fear of leaving your house but it's right. actually the way it lists it here it's the fear of situations in which escape is difficult so crowded areas open space or situations that likely trigger a panic attack and i do have a friend who's agoraphobic and and he explained it that it's not it's just anxiety kicks in a lot it's not so much i'm afraid to get out of the house it's i'm afraid to be in situations where anxiety is going to kick in so that makes sense right from the way he explained it to me as opposed to uh what you hear about you know the, the typical right um so uh agoraphobia cynophobia the fear of dogs um which i grew up kind of afraid of dogs i'm just putting my my fear levels on these um the fear of thunder and lightning i that's one i didn't realize would be so high on the list um the fear of injections trypanophobia i mentioned that one social phobias the fear of social situations in many cases these phobias can become so severe that people avoid events places and people that are likely to trigger an anxiety attack and i think we i think that one i i'm surprised is is so far down on the list um well it doesn't really say it's in order of oh i guess so yeah you so maybe it's not um the fear of flying and then the fear of germs and i was surprised a couple things weren't on here because i've always heard that public speaking is one of people's top fears right but um, uh, maybe it's not a phobia it's just a fear i don't know oh maybe maybe that's true maybe i um maybe i googled the wrong combination of words but I mean, I wonder what exactly makes it a phobia. That's a good question, because this has to do with behavioral therapy. So um, because there's also that fear of um, like fear of death, which I didn't see come up on here. Mm -hmm. you know? um, so maybe if I say that I thought I typed in, I typed in top phobias. What if I type in top fears? <clears throat> it comes up with phobias fear of heights fear of flying enclosed spaces that's another one yeah Insectophobia, snake, dog, yeah. storms fear of needles yep i agree with that huh. so um anyway but i, I think that ugh, yeah never mind there's a snake right there yeah <laughs> why do they have to show us that uh so i think that you know, we were talking about phobias. I don't remember on our last episode what it was that got us on this topic other than the idea of how much fear can hold us back. And we have to, we're going to have fears and that's natural. And we have to find ways to not just avoid the situations that trigger the fear, but 
have ways to cope when we are going to be in those situations. Right. So I'm going to talk about my my phobia. All right. I have a phobia of driving. Not always. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I love to drive, but there are certain situations where I will have a panic attack while driving, mm -hmm. which is super scary because in those moments, my palms get sweaty and it feels like this is, and, and I know it's irrational, it feels like my hands are going to slip off the steering wheel. Mm -hmm. Let's say my biggest one is like a scary bridge, like the Narrows Bridge. Not coming this way, but going towards like Gig Harbor. Oh, yeah, the old because bridge. You, and I, I know like what will trigger me because you can see over the side. Yeah. And the other way, it's there's a, like a little cement there, so you can't really see the water. So if out of the corner of my eye, I can see the water's right there. Mm -hmm. It's usually like right when I get to the where the bridge is kind of coming up like this, right about in the middle. <clears throat> and the panic sets in like, so my mom lived in Gig Harbor for many years and I could not go there unless my ex drove me because mm. I just couldn't. And so then I actually went to therapy for a while about this. And mm -hmm. so he had me try several things. Like first you just uh, sit in the car or first you just visualize yourself driving over the bridge. Then you sit in the car well, he would have me sit in the passenger seat with my ex driving the car and have me like in my mind pretend like I'm the one driving. Okay. And so it was just step by step and then Getting more and more comfortable. So I got to the point where I can drive over the Narrows Bridge. Yeah. But every now and then, maybe say one out of four times. No, since I don't do it that much, it's pretty much 50-50 now. I will have a, a major anxiety bordering on panic attack going over the bridge. Mm. And so it's, it's a scary feeling. Nobody wants to have one of those. That feeling is like death is imminent is what it feels. Right. And it's also while you're driving 50 or 60 miles per hour with nowhere to pull over. Right. And so you know that you have to get through it and you know, rationally, it's, it's not going to, and, and I mean, to me, that would be the worst kind of death would be to plunge over the side of a bridge and drown in my car. Like, yeah. that is my number one, like, fear. It's so, up there for me with burning so and being eaten alive by an animal. Yeah. Yeah. So I know if there's a bridge, you know, I have to really psych myself up, or I know if I'm going to Gig Harbor, I just, I'm going to, I always tell myself, at least I'll be fine on the way back. It's not right. scary on the way back. So I can tell myself that, you know, but uh, going over the pass is also like a fear of mine. Like if there's mm -hmm. mountains, so any roads that are like hilly or have an edge. Yeah. I don't like coming down the pass at all. Mm -hmm. You're coming mm -hmm. down and there is that bridge, especially when you come back from the other side where you're going downhill on a bridge and the speed limit is 70 and depending on the weather conditions it's just and then there's a curve in the middle and it's like this does not feel good right yeah i don't like that like right just thinking about it right now right. i could feel myself getting anxious yeah so i did i know one time i i must have gone to jokers by myself i don't remember but i remember one time i had a gig over on the other side and i drove myself and i was so proud of myself mm-hmm but usually I have to bring someone with me to drive that part of the drive because 
Yeah. <laughs> just well, feels and, so much dread. And so when you have a trip like this coming up where you've never driven to, you might you don't know which bridges you'll have to cross. Right. And so if all of a sudden something comes up, like, Ugh. so I, I my original plan was I was gonna try to I was gonna see who else was on the show and see if they would ride with me and maybe whoever was riding with me would drive my car through the scary parts. Mm-hmm. But that didn't turn out. So then I was just going to go by myself. And then I realized, no, I'm Brian. So, so even though I had a hotel room provided to me, I ended up having to get my own hotel room so that I could bring Dave and Andrew with me so that Dave could drive me. Mm. So it has affected my life. Sure. You know, it's costing me money actually to do the show. And my, I could just say I can't do it, but I, I that's not how I work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I'm, you know, I get disappointed in myself over these kind of things. But on the other hand, here's the other thing that scares me too, and I don't understand why. If the road curves, like the freeway is like curving really far to the left for a while. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to tip over. So mm. sometimes I panic and put on the brake and I, and so that I drive, I have to drive like an old lady. So if I'm in one of those fear modes, I just find like a truck or like another old lady that's but driving really slow and I just stay behind because the, the, uh, the pressure of somebody being behind me and wanting me to go yeah. faster makes it worse. Yeah. So if it's, if you're behind someone else, then it's because of them more so than you. And I've, I've done that too when I've been on the pass or something. I'm just like, you know what? I don't feel that great in this driving situation. So I'll just stay behind somebody else who's not flying. Right. Um, but, you know, but I, you know, I know people that have driving phobia that just don't drive at all or they won't get on a freeway. Well, and you know, I, I'm just thinking about this trip and, and there's a couple things that come to mind. One is that by taking Dave and Andrew to a place you've never been, you guys can make it sort of a vacation. Right. And you can tie that into your work, even though, yes, then it costs you some for it. It actually um, is a vacation you wouldn't have taken. And right. so that, that's kind of cool. And, um, and then the other thing that comes to mind is uh, that road that you're having to go down that you've never driven. It's, it's like life, right? It's like we don't know what we're going to encounter and we can't just not move forward. Right. So we have to figure out ways. And sometimes the way to get through it is to bring along some help. Right. Get someone who will help you. Luckily, my husband, um, sometimes those kind of situations bother him too, mm-hmm. but uh, he'll, he'll, you know, that's the kind of husband he is. He'll do it. So, and really it was my goal this summer was to travel as much as I could. And so mm-hmm. that's why I wanted to take this job because yeah. I mean, big whoop, I'm, but I've never been to Idaho. And I just want to say that I went to Idaho because I've never been. And so- wow. Well, and each time you go to a different part of the world or part of the country, you perform in front of a different group and then you add, you can add them to your tour or as those people move around, now you have other people advocating for you to be booked in more places. And that's just right. how the- yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, so. No, I get that. You know, I I had this interesting thought when I, came out because I always felt like my biggest fear, although I never told anybody, my biggest fear was being found out that I was gay and being outed. And um, I would spend, you know, I'd, I'd go to 
I'd wake up in the morning thinking, okay, how should I dress? That's not going to make me look too gay. If I dress too stylish or if I wear the wrong thing, it's going to make me look, you know, stereotypically gay. And, you know, and the rules are much different now than they were even 10 or 15 years ago, as far as how guys dress, uh, which is annoying as hell because I can't tell who's gay and who's not. I would welcome some more stereotypes in the world. Hit on, but um, but then, you know, I'd go through the day and I would eat lunch and I would, if I went out with coworkers, I you know I wouldn't order a salad. I would order a burger or you know I wouldn't order anything that made me look at all not masculine. And so, even at the end of the day, I would fall asleep and I was thinking, I hope I don't, because I talk in my sleep sometimes. It's like I hope I don't say something that tells my wife I'm gay while I'm sleeping next to her and just I didn't realize how much stress there was all day long. something else replaces it and and for me it's it's a bunch of other little stuff it's not you know other than the fear of something really dreadful happening to people that I love and my family like that's obvious obviously way up there for everybody but as far as having one overriding fear um, with myself you know, I go back and forth between like heights and uh, the injection or the being cut kind of thing or attacked by an animal, like stuff like that, where uh, I, I don't like medical stuff where you're getting, you know, some people are just really fine with I'm going, I'm, they're going to replace part of my body and I can go under and I'm like, oh God, no. Uh, those kind of things can be paralyzing for me. But, uh, but I think that no matter what your fear is, one of the things that I have learned, and I, I heard this from Mel Robbins, who's a motivational speaker and coach, and she has a video that I've watched several times, and it's about her when she's about to go talk to a room full of seven or 10,000 people in this huge arena. Right. And she said, physiologically, scientifically, your body feels the same way, whether it's excitement or fear. And the only difference is the message your brain is sending. So if you feel tingly in your gut and you feel like, you know, things feel off in your body, if you tell yourself that you're excited over and over again, I'm excited for this, I'm excited to cross that bridge, I'm excited for this, you're actually tricking your brain into reading your body differently so you can step into that situation in a different way. And, and I have used that a couple of times when I've been nervous about something and it's worked, but um, it's not always easy. Oh, I found something else. But first I want to stop here and pause and mm -hmm. I want to give some shout outs to some people that are watching and commenting. Awesome. Um, Tara Christian um, Weidner, of course, our, our uh, fan club um, and Tracy Pappenheim. So hello. hello. Ruben Curson. Ruben Curson's watching. Hey, Ruben. Awesome. Tony West. What's up? Tony in a long time. I know. Tony says Andy is the shit, though. So. <laughs> wow. Tony's busy with all his kids, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, he moved somewhere. Like, away from here. I don't know where. Where are you, That's Tony? the thing with, like, COVID. Anybody who relocated, you didn't notice that you know it's hard to notice that they stopped being places you'd normally be because right. you're in the places you'd normally be and then people are like oh he moved like a year ago i'm like oh my bad <laughs> I know. So, um so appreciate oh, all but, you guys being on hanging out with us today uh a phobias i wanted to talk about my doctor no not my doctor back in the day i used to take um 
pills for anxiety, but like not like I took um oh god maybe once every three months like mm -hmm. one pill like hardly ever just when I was in a situation where I was starting to have a panic attack I would take a, a pill and it would just it just took the edge off well I wasn't I I took them like if I knew I was going to drive over the bridge I would take one mm -hmm. and then you're not supposed to take them and drive but uh I did and it didn't affect me I am not advocating that you know but so I've been thinking like um, I should I get those kind of pills again for when I know I'm doing this kind of situation and try to drive or what should I do and uh, I saw this thing on the internet and I forget what it's called but it's kind of like a little asthma inhaler okay. but instead it like regulates your breath and gives you like a scent of like lavender and does something else so that you breathe in it for like three minutes and it's supposed to like cut your anxiety way down. I thought, well, if I was having a panic attack while I was driving, I can't, like, how do I do that and drive? So if anyone out there has tried a device like this, let me know. Yeah, I don't know about that. It keeps saying that our thing is like interrupted. I don't know if my, I mean, I'm like, I'm not on Wi-Fi. I'm on, you know, plug into the wall modem. I don't know what's going on, but. Hmm. Sorry for having interruptions. Cause yeah, I don't know. You're coming through clear on my end, but it's got to be. Yeah, it's weird. But anyway, so if anybody's tried something like that, how did it work? Uh, mixed reviews. I got mixed reviews. So it's hard too because uh, reviews are are hard to trust right now unless they're from people you know. So when I'm looking, well, at I, if you look on Amazon, if it says verified review, you know that the yeah, person actually bought know. it. Yes. And so I like to look for verified reviews. I also look, like to look for products that have more reviews than I think the person has friends. So if there's like a thousand reviews, then chances are it's not just 12 people that the person got to put a review on something. Does that make sense? Uh -huh. But um, some products, you know, sometimes you look at a product and it has a four-star rating, but it has 10,000 reviews versus a product that has a five-star rating, but it only has 80 reviews. And I'm like, uh. Well, someone, someone told me that they always read, immediately they go to the negative reviews, like the one-star reviews. Yeah. And see those. But this product is like. Or a, or a service. I Google, um, I usually Google the what it is. And then I look at negative reviews. I also will type in the word scam sometimes to see. If, uh. If there's a scam related to it if because sometimes it'll say oh yeah this product never shipped it was coming from overseas and it i waited for three months and i never got my money back i've seen some of those kind especially if it's like an instagram ad where right. it's not a product it's not a company i would typically buy from until i saw their ad and i'm like okay well is this legit or not well let me tell you about some of the shit that i've bought on facebook <laughs> all right like bras supposedly okay first thing i ever remember was a pair of underwear that were like supposedly a 6x and they were like this big i so i took a picture of them right next to my regular underwear like oh my God. yeah and like bras and dresses and stuff they're like asian 6x which yeah. is like a normal like extra large maybe large and so i get that that's why i started taking those like bra well you've never seen them because you're not on tiktok <clears throat> i have a lot of videos on tiktok of trying on bras that are supposed to be in my size and uh they're pretty funny because they'll fit 
a quarter of my boob. Now everyone's rushing to my TikTok page. (laughs) But it's funny because I I get DMs from people. Mm -hmm. When are you going to do another TikTok video? You I like it when you try. I like it when you try on bras, and it's like yeah, that's a bit. Um, there's an art to complimenting people in a way that doesn't seem creepy. Oh, but you know, I, I like creepy. I don't mind creepy at all. So, hey, Sherry, how are you? Mm, yeah, no. So <laughs> that's that's kind of funny. But yeah, I've ordered a lot of stuff that. Um, you know, like something that looks really nice, but then you get it and look at it in person, it looks really like that hard, cheap plastic or something like that. Yeah. So I just ordered a pair of shoes. So when they come, they're really cute. They like they're like ballet flats with the, with like peacock. Oh, okay, fine. So I'll show them on screen. And there are certain things that, like, one of my rules if I'm ordering from an untrusted source online. I don't spend more money than I'm willing to donate. So if I if I buy a pair of shoes, I'm not quite sure where it's coming from, then I'm not out anything if I donate a pair of brand new shoes to Goodwill that someone, well, yeah, someone because... who's fit can have a brand new pair of shoes. And, and I don't think that's necessarily bad that someone who needs them can get something that's not really worn. Right. But... Well, and the other thing is, is that it's usually practically impossible to to return them yeah exactly i never plan on returning stuff online Mm -hmm. even when it says you can't unless it was a high ticket item that blatantly was damaged or something where i'm just like okay this is not right right yeah so i'm excited to get my peacock shoes we'll see because i have this is a whole nother subject that nobody cares about but (laughs) i have i have really wide feet number one and number two um any height in a shoe at all really makes my knees worse Mm -hmm. so the little bit of walking that i do i found i'm less likely to fall or trip or my knees to go out if i'm wearing ultimately just flat flat shoes basically like a slipper type or at least flat just like a bat like a ballet flat that's what i want but payless shoes where i get my ballet flats is out of business and i went on the internet and i scoured and i bought all the ballet flats that were left over in my size Mm -hmm. well and that's the thing um that's hard when a business either leaves your area or goes out of business when you've relied on them for a product Uh to be safe and to be healthy and just to live where you know i mean you see that with vitamins or with things that people have bought whether it's food you know if you have dietary needs and you've always bought a certain item and then either they change recipe or the place goes out of business like well now where am I going to get you know my I know so I'm always looking for flat shoes that are cute to wear on stage yeah it's like during the day because like I can wear sandals and stuff you know like just in my daily life but I've got like a old lady toenail that's really like disgusting and I don't, if I'm on stage, people can like look, I'll be, my feet are right in their face. So uh, I don't, I yeah, I forget about the front row because everybody else isn't going to see it very well. But right. um, yeah, I also wonder about if you find one you like and you just get crafty and get fabric paint or bedazzle them or, you know, just like put bows, you know, I don't know. All right. So. Yeah, so I'm on the always on the search for the perfect bra and the perfect shoe. 
Nice. So you're you're like a straight sized person. No, I don't mean straight as in. No, I know. Gay, yeah. But you know, it, it, you could probably walk in, yeah, walk in any store and just buy clothes. I can't do that. So I have to do most of my shopping, pretty much all of my shopping yeah. over the internet. And then if it doesn't work, return it. And so. Yeah. See, fortunately, when I'm buying stuff online, it's usually because I'm trying to buy something more fun to spite like oh i can't find this shirt anywhere this looks cool mm -hmm. like that gold shirt that i had that i lost in vegas uh you know i just oh i love that shirt yeah i just googled um you know sparkly gold shirt or, or shimmery because it was my si my sister was turning 60 and we were having a gold themed birthday party for her so we were supposed to all be bedazzled oh. and stuff so you should look for another one because i loved you in that shirt i will find another one i was um that one didn't quite fit the way I wanted it to when I received it, when I ordered it. So um, I already was kind of planning on replacing it. So I will have something like that again. Cool. So. I am hungry. Hungry, hungry. Yeah, I, um, I know what you mean. I'm gonna eat some food here and go on about the day. I'm, on our oh, next... we got 10 more minutes if we have anything. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? Well, I'm, I'm wondering if we cut. I, I just want to say on the uh, we, we talked about fears and then we kind of got into Internet stuff. But um, I'm curious how people deal with their fears. You talked about products, but if there are um, tactics that people use to get through those situations when they're going to face their fear, I'm curious what people do. Uh, and one thing I like. You, I was thinking about it when you were talking about going over the bridge and having that anxiety attack and trying to kind of talk yourself out of it. And I know when I was going through my divorce and um, like in the, in the heat of some of the moments where I'd be upset about something or something wasn't hitting right, I remember having to step back and tell myself, I can't use logic to try to explain something that's illogical or that's not rational because you're trying to apply logic to say, well, you shouldn't feel this way, or this doesn't make sense. And, and you shouldn't have this fear that, that this thing's going to happen, or you shouldn't be bothered by it. But when we're reacting to a fear, or we're having anxiety, or we're in a moment, we're not reacting to something logical. And so we can't try to use logic to get out of it, other than if we can find a way to calm ourselves. Sometimes you just don't know what you're going to come up with. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I... I, um, I I guess that's the thing is you can try to avoid the situations that put you in your place of fear. And I think that that's not completely unreasonable to do. However, you have to know that you can't avoid them your entire life. So you have to be ready to have some tools for when you're going to have to face them. Right. Well, yeah. And yeah, I mean, you could avoid them your whole life. If yeah. you're, you know, you could be an agoraphobic that stays home all the time, but then you also have to realize what you're giving up because you can't expect the whole world to change around well, you, you know. I'm afraid of medical stuff. Like, I just want to die from a paper cut. Like, I just, whatever it is, like, I don't, I just, just, if I get a paper cut, just let it bleed out. Don't take me to the doctor. Like, I don't care. I just, <laughs> I just want to die someday. I don't want to have to go through surgery and all this crap and stuff uh but i also know uh i think sometimes you have to find something bigger than your fear it's like i want to see my kids grow and i want to see if they have if i have grandkids and so 
it's like, okay, well, if I want to see other things or I want to have experiences, then I'm going to have to get over a paper cut and I might have to get over going to the doctor right. sometime. Or like I'm needles are one of my big things, but I had to just kind of hold my breath and get the shot when I got vaccinated. Just like mm-hmm. I want to do this. And all of the thought that I put into leading up to it was way worse than the 10 second prick, you know? Right. Right. But. That's the name. That could be the name of a porn video a 10 second prick yeah but i was thinking that wouldn't be a good porn that could be a nickname for one of my exes there we go oh there you go <laughs> that works we used to call him a uh what two pump chump <laughs> oh god <laughs> uh awesome all right well we're getting to the end of our time apparently our um connection has been waxing and waning throughout it's been wavering I think we've kind of like lost some people along the way, but luckily I recorded this, so I will edit and uh, put it out there. I've been a little lax about doing that, so I'll try to get this one out like right away. But you can always find our episodes on um, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Anchor, Spotify. Uh, Yeah, uh, you can listen to it as a podcast. So there's lots of ways to find it. Just put in scrutiny with sherry and andy and uh, you can find us anywhere and so also if- uh just shout out to sherry for being on top of getting this out there and really being the producer behind this show because you do all the heavy lifting on on promoting and getting this out there and i so appreciate it because uh you are so good at that and i am not very diligent with those things myself well i feel bad sometimes like i i see there's holes where i missed episodes in certain places but we're uh we're getting close to 2,000 views now. So exciting. Yeah, well, we're, we're getting there. So we appreciate all of our viewers and listeners. So. And before we go, they need to know that if you have ideas, comments, fears you want to discuss, ways to get around them, send us an email. Get out your notepad. The email address is scrutiny with Sherry and Andy at gmail.com and one of these days someone's going to send any they're going to type in that whole thing and send us an email it's going to be like oh my god i might even actually go look at it after this and see if we have (laughs) any messages that i haven't looked